0: Amen. So when we're praying, I felt the Lord nudge in my heart that, uh, to tell single people who are believing Him for a life partner, someone to marry. Now, that you can use your mind to be guided to where God wants you to be or how to meet this person. So I'm trying to, I saw a preacher in my spirit who was so clear, so I'm trying to explain it and express it in words. Now, uh, what the Lord showed me is that many single people are trying to use um, human tactics. And human wisdom to be get to be divinely guided to where to how as to how to meet the person they ought to marry can you see that contradicts those steps contradict um, one another so you're trying to use your own mind you know you're trying to kind of place your mind as as a as a as a channel that God will use to Connecting with someone because it doesn't make sense, so God has a mind of his own permitting to use that word God has a will he has a plan he has a purpose but you're trying to fit his own plan his own purpose his own way his own channel into your own way and you're trying to take the lead even trying to explain it to you shows you that you are going through a lot of struggle and you'll be going through frustrations because you are trying to or in the name of divine guidance and direction, you are praying to God to lead you, to guide you, but actually you are using human way of thinking to want to get God to connect you with a person. I'm going to stay here until I get until I know I have a breakthrough in my spirit about this because it does not make any sense and it's the reason why many people are being frustrated this morning. So if at all you, you don't think the rest of the message is not, uh, you, you know, is... Relevant, but maybe not too relevant to your marital situation, right? This part is very relevant now Don't try to u- don't try to use God To achieve what you want to achieve Walk with God. Let him guide you. Let him lead you. What's God saying to you right now? What does God want you to do? Your purpose in life is more important than the marriage you are seeking Because the marriage you are seeking should be a channel or a vessel, or something that God can use to further achieve your purpose God in originally did not create you to marry He created you for his own purpose marriage can help you achieve this now the thing is this if you think what I'm saying does not make sense if you think marriage is the alpha and omega of your life and destiny so God forbid what if that marriage fails does that mean your life has ended no your purpose, your assignment, your calling, it has a higher place in God's agenda than the marriage you're seeking. So marriage, in a sense, is a means to an end, not the end in itself. So if there's anything you should be seeking right now, it's your purpose. Let God lead you. Let God be the one to walk things out, be guided and be led by the Spirit of God. So don't try to uh, remain in that confused state that i was trying to express to you earlier on whereby you have your own thoughts your own ways your ungodly ways the things you've read in books and those kind of thing right and then you want to use those things even though in your spirit you know that it is not the perfect way of god doing things but you 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 are in the mindset of god understand now so you're trying to use your own ways and what you want to do what the world the media says you should do and you're not trying to get god to use that as a channel to achieve his purpose for your marital life it ain't gonna work god is holy god is righteous the world is wicked in, in all that it does to a very much extent so don't try to bring much both of them together it will not work because god will not use an ungodly thing channel venue To get you a spouse, it's not going to work, right? So it's either you're on God's side or you are on the world side. If you stay on the side of the world, you can't go too far. You meet the wrong person, you'll be frustrated, all kind of stuff. But if you stay on God's side, as you continue to walk with Him, in due season, things will manifest. I'm trying to rush this, but I'll I'll deliver this message and I'll do a complete job. Now, if you stay on God's side, in due season you will see the manifestation of things now when we pray when we ask god for someone to marry right god will not deny us and um there's a process you know say for instance the moment you pray you know, God spoke to the heart of the guy or the lady you ought to marry. He's gonna have to work at a high, he's gonna get you guys to get to come together. So don't forget someone like you, right? Some like some of you, not, not all of you, some of you like some of you that are stubborn. The other party too may be stubborn, right? So God is working on both ends to be to at least try to be submissive to the spirit so that he can bring them together. So I've said that to say that the other person's mind is also involved if they will you do respond to what God is saying to them. So the problem is not with God at all. So rather you I would say rather you spend more time praying in the spirit, thanking God and believing, believing that the process, the other party too, their heart to yield to what God is leading them to do. And also you need to be prepared for marriage. So certain things probably God will also want you to learn, know, and as you give yourself to those things, you will realize that it is fast-tracking the process of things. Amen. This is not a marriage class, but it's something the Lord was, you know, kept bringing to my heart and I was trying to struggle with it. Lord, I have a fantastic message to share this morning, but the Lord wants me to speak to a single person. Stop using wicked ways to get God to do, to achieve his purpose in your life, his His plan for your marital life. Amen. Amen. If that blesses you, you can send me a private message and um, I would. um, I'll just bless you, amen, and I pray that you you get the message and you apply it, amen. Amen. Let's get into this. So, uh, church family, you know how this works. When the Lord takes five minutes of my time, I may have to take it back from (laughs) you (laughs) guys. So, maybe five is then we're going to shut down on this, amen. Amen. Let's get into this. Last week, as I was was talking, as I was teaching, I mentioned that there are downsides to miracles, right? Uh, It's something I I said quickly in a hurry because I was out of time, right? miracles are meant to be a blessing in themselves they are, or they are a blessing in themselves but unfortunately in most cases in the christian circles today it seems like what is meant to be a blessing has been a curse for many people yeah what is meant to be a blessing has been a curse to many people and the reason is because many people do not know where to place miracles they don't understand the place of miracles in the life of a believer and I want to help us to see a few things about miracles today. So uh, my key text is for, uh, we'll be taking from Acts chapter 3, 1 to 26, and Mark chapter 16, 9 to 20. Acts 3, 1 to 26, Mark 16, 9 to 20. Now, I titled this message, Miracles, a means to an end. That's even the answer to what I was I'm going to be talking about this morning, miracles miracles are a means to an end they are not an end in themselves and when i say means to an end i mean they are something that happened because uh god wants to achieve something right miracles are something that happened because there's an end in place there's an end that god wants to achieve there's an end that god wants you to to see so they, they are not the the the, the final stop but many Christians, sees, they see miracle as the final stop, as the ultimate thing, as the essence of Christianity. And when there are no more miracles in their life, they are running from one ministry to another ministry, you know, asking for God's power, asking for God's mercy, because some then think that something is wrong with their life. God is not happy with them. That's why they are not seeing the physical manifestation of God's power. So that's me talking about miracles from the broad sense. But let's get, let's narrow it and Let's get, let's get deeper. Let's dig deeper into what miracle uh, is. So let's start by defining what a miracle is. What is a miracle? You know, uh, the miracle, miracles, Uh, is something the Bible also referred to as sign. I mean, what I mean is this. uh, When you go to the Bible, when you go to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you you may see or hear things like, and these are the signs that Jesus do. This was the beginning of the signs that Jesus began to do in the Bible. That's John chapter two, when Jesus turned uh, water into wine. The Bible records that it was the beginning of the signs that Jesus started to do. Now, if you read in King James Version, it renders it. It was the beginning of the miracles that Jesus was doing. That, G, that so the Bible calls signs, miracles, miracles and signs. So anywhere you say signs, the Bible means miracle. The, you know, right? Amen. 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 All right. So the word miracle originates from a Greek and a Latin, uh, uh, Greek and Latin words, and it's, it, it is described as that which causes wonder and astonishment. I didn't want to start ca- calling the Latin word is something like a miraculum. And no, no, let us not get into that. Let's get into proper english amen Mm -hmm. because latin can be latin to me and greek can be greek to me sometimes but let's Mm -hmm. let's focus on on what miracle is about now so miracle it's a uh, it's something that causes wonder you were like wow imagine someone has um a, a, a they have one of their limbs amputated and in a service or in a meeting or in a crusade of uh, an evangelist was praying for somebody else and the limb that has been amputated, you know, you, you, you imagine you see it grow out and the person who had one and, and half limbs now have two limbs working properly. You know, that's a miracle that's gonna get your attention. You're gonna be like, Wow, right. I don't want to mention um the kids' name in the church. But guys, because we have some kids you know in service this morning, well, guys, you know what I'm talking about. You know, when you see something you say, Wow, right? Good. So something like uh that something that causes wonder astonishment you know something extraordinary in itself you know something amazing something you cannot explain right so uh so a miracle is an event where god does something extraordinary by bypassing the natural order by pa- bypassing the natural order let's look at the instance whereby jesus turned uh water into wine the book of john chapter 2 now Jesus said to those guys, you know, fill the water pots, right? Take water and take it to the priest, to, to the to the master of the ceremony. And um, when the so the guys this guy, the the filled uh, water pots with water, and they took and they took some water out of from out of the water pot and took it to the master of the ceremony. And when the guy drank the water, what what he tasted was wine, what he drank was wine, right? So. But if wine were to be produced in the natural order, we probably need to get grapes into those water pots, uh, ferment them, and uh, maybe had some fermentation um, organism or catalyst or something. Uh, I'm not a science. I'm not my science. My science is not coming up this morning, right? But they will have had to have, uh, probably grapes or some other kind of uh, maybe barley or something, and do the, and ferment it. Then they make wine out of that but that miracle bypassed that process right right and ultimately produced wine right so sometimes people think it's a suspension of natural order maybe god just uh you know you know got suspended um in natural order to produce miracle yeah but observing uh many of the miracles i realized that what happened is that he circumvented or bypassed the natural order he fast or he, he harmonized the, the laws of nature in in a in a unique way to make something happen amen. amen so miracles happen to bring favor and grace and to prove the existence of god right so now i to tell us why miracles happen miracles are to prove something like i said miracle is not an end in itself miracle is a means to an end right so miracle was meant to prove the existence of god but they are meant to glorify god you know god uses miracles to authenticate that is to confirm the ministry of the sent ones right so miracles they what they prove the existence of god and miracles uh they they confirm the ministry of the people god sent so in the old testament the prophet that was sent you know let me give you an example the prophet that was sent to people back then you know the miracles that they did was to prove that god sent those people right and um, in the new testament you know the miracles that jesus did was to prove that god sent him so acts chapter 2 verse 22 tells us that uh, it says this way people of israel listen god publicly this is a um, brother peter speaking on on the day of pentecost it's a people of israel listen god publicly endorsed jesus the the nazarene by doing powerful miracles wonders and signs through him as you well know so peter was saying to uh while he was ministering or speaking to the to the the, uh to the people of israel at that time he he said how how god um how do, how do you say that? How Jesus endorsed or proved or confirmed or authenticate that he sent Jesus was through the signs, the miracles that he did through him. So if you begin to look at miracle properly, you realize that, wait, miracle is not just something that just happened, but there's, which means there's an end to those miracles. The, every miracle was meant to prove something in a sense. I, you know, I'm trying to be very careful with the words that I use. right? To prove, for instance, to prove the existence of God. Jesus never did any miracle to prove himself as a child of God. Mm -mm. Jesus did not do a miracle to prove himself as a child of God. And that's why when some guys asked him to do a miracle for them to believe... He said, "Guys, I've been doing, <laughs> I've been doing miracles for you guys. You guys don't believe, so I'm not gonna do more miracles for you guys because you guys are not gonna believe in the first place, right? So even this guy, um, this guy Satan, right? <laughs> you guys you get used to this. This guy uh, Satan, in um, Matthew chapter four, told Jesus that if he was the Son of God, he should turn stone into bread." So, he wanted Jesus to prove himself to be the son of God and asked him to do miracles. And Jesus declined. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Now, just the way Jesus turned water into wine, could he have turned stone into bread? Probably. But did he? No. Because miracles were was not meant to prove something, to prove yourself. right? Miracles were not meant to prove yourself. Miracles were meant to prove that God exists. God is good. God is kind. God loves people. Acts 10.38 says, Our God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, because God was with him. Jesus went about doing good, because um, God anointed him, and God was with him god wanted to demonstrate and show his love and compassion his kindness to people he wanted to get people's attention so that people can see that he exists they can come to him and that's one of the reasons why jesus was doing those miracles now god was doing miracles through uh, Jesus to show people that he was not the one putting evil in their life, making evil happen in their life. And that's why Jesus, in a sense, through those miracles, was reversing the order of things that the devil has done in people's lives. So God, through miracles, was showing people that, you know what, well, this is not my original intention for you. This is not my original plan for you. I mean, talking about the sickness, the disease, and all those kind of evil happening in people, those people's lives. So through miracles jesus was able to restore the plan the original design of god in the life of the people so when jesus opened the eyes of the blind what are simply the proven to people is that god does not want anyone blind god created you to have two eyes so that you can see so when a person uh born from their mother's womb i mean a person who is lame from their mother's womb you know receive healing in their limbs and they are able to walk god was simply saying my original plan for you is for your two legs to be walking and be fine so when people say some funny things like you know when evil happened to people is the will of god what they are saying is nonsense why because Jesus proved that what they are saying is nonsense. Jesus proved that what they are saying is wrong, and how he proved it is that everywhere is so evil, as many would allow him to minister to them, they receive healing and they receive the original plan of God. Amen. So, miracles are to prove the existence of God, prove the kindness of God, prove the goodness of God in people's lives. Now like I said, a miracle is a means to an end. A miracle is not the end in itself. Miracles are done so that people can believe in God. I repeat, miracles were done, were performed in the life of the apostles and the to the apostles and the life of Jesus. So that, sorry, yeah, sorry good. I got distracted a little bit there. So miracles were done there to help people see that, you know, God cares about them. God loves them. You know, miracles was, do, was done through them so that people can see that God, God has something I good and ideal for you. I mean, not the fake and the evil things that we see around us. Hey Amen. I need to jump ahead of myself. I can see that I'm going, I'm running out of time. Fantastic. So uh, a few examples of miracles there. I said... Uh, so I looked at a few examples of miracles in the Old Testament. The widow's oil multiplied. You can look at Second King chapter 4, verse 2 to 7. Imagine somebody has a jar of oil and they were filling jars. I mean, they had just a bottle of oil and they were filling jars. And um, just from a small bottle, the oil kept going, filling and felt many jars until it, the last jar was filled. And you, you, you hear the story of how the wall of Jericho, you uh, know, well, <laughs> The wall of Jericho fell uh, after the people had kind of marched around, not kind of other people had marched around the, the wall and they shouted. Uh, I don't know how many people have done that. If you shout, if you, if, you, if you walk around, I'm not saying you should do this because if you walk around your house and then you shout and the house collapsed I don't know what insurance uh, would deal with that. Honestly, right? But you know, But but God was leading the children of Israel to a land He had promised them, right? It's just interesting how he led them to in in taking that territory. You know, it wasn't by going to design firehams and missiles and stuff to bomb back to blow up the wall, right? But it. Sorry, guys. I guess something some notification are coming up on here and distracting me a little bit. Right. So it wasn't by getting missiles and stuff to. um to destroy the wall but they watched around the wall and uh, the next seven days and then they shouted and the wall came down that's a miracle because that is not the ordinary amen i know science will try to prove that to say you know what um you know the the vibration but that's all crap man amen so in in the new testament we saw miracles like i've said you know john chapter 2 1 to 11 when jesus turned water into wine and then um, you you saw it also in the life of the man in the book of acts chapter 3 1 to 26 The man that was born, that was lame from birth, who was healed by Peter and John. And uh, if we look into our own world today, uh, when something does not follow the natural order, we say it's a miracle. So some people will use things like um, maybe they've been trusting God for financial supply for a long time and um they are in dear need of money i mean like i mean they are on the lowest of the lowest they've been in their life and they are trusting god for money to come in so that they can pay their abuse and when someone knocks on their door someone sends the money to their account they say it's a miracle so we kind of use miracles in different contexts uh in these uh, these days but also what we're trying to say is that you know it's not the natural order of things because the natural order of things would have been that somebody go and get a job and they get paid, right? But ultimately, what's happening? God is showing his kindness to people, showing his favor to people, proving his existence, calling people to connect with him. Amen. So, miracles that were done or are done to prove to us that God exists. Amen. So, Sometimes when people are supernaturally rescued from an accident or something, you know, when angels go and put in um, additional... what do you call them? Is it airbags you call them? In those cars? In those, is it airbags, right? So when some people find themselves in a crash and um, the angels go there and put some additional airbags apart from the ones that came with the car and the people come out of the vehicle on, on, on hurt then we call that a miracle obviously because the, the car only provide came with just one or two air, airbags but some guys came you couldn't see them but they put additional airbags there and the people come out of a crash and we say that's a miracle as well so all about cure to healness and stuff like that these are miracles i've said all of that to a miracles still happen today and they the one of the reasons why they still happen today is because god wants to show us uh, that he exists and he wants to he wants to get our attention he, he wants us to have our hearts set on him so in the life of jesus we saw miracles i've talked about a few of them he's, we have story of when he calmed the storm he he's the demon possessed man the woman uh, who suffered from constant bleeding for twelve years Jesus you know when the woman touched the hem of jesus garment the fringe of his garment i'm trying to use English that the young people among us will understand <laughs> when when the woman touched the fringe of the of the of jesus's garment you know uh she she was healed of twelve years of constant bleeding man right and uh, even the, the the leader of a local synagogue Whose daughter was dying? You know, the, later on, the disciples said, "You know, some guys came to the guy and said, you know, don't disturb the master anymore because um, your, da- your daughter is dead.'" Jesus went there and raised this girl from the dead. So we saw those Jesus and those miracles in the life of Jesus, and I summarized them to say it this way. So all of that four accounts you can find them in summarized in Luke chapter eight, verse twenty-two to fifty-six. Now I said all of that to say this: miracles show Jesus authority over nature, demons, diseases, and death. Right. you know i said earlier on that miracles was to were to show people god's desire for them god's plan for them the, what god originally planned for them i mean the original intent of god the perfect creation of god not the destruction that the enemy has done and god through jesus was showing us that and like i said Acts 10, 38 was showing us that you know he wants to restore those things that the enemy has stolen from us. Right. It, 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 miracle, we should not focus on the miracles, but the heart of God, the heartbeat of God for us. The heartbeat of God for us. As I said miracles were never designed to be the primary focus of Jesus' ministry. Right i repeat miracles were never designed to be the primary focus of jesus's ministry and i'm gonna get into a point whereby i begin to explain to us too that miracles should not be the primary focus of a christian life miracles were never designed to be the primary focus of jesus's ministry no now the bible tells us in the book of luke chapter 10 sorry luke 19 1 to 10 you know uh But verse 10, I'll I'll quote verse 10. It says, Jesus himself said, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. He came to. He didn't come to do signs and wonders. He didn't. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, we have a problem here whereby when people are are talking about the gospel, I mean, they're trying to invite people to their church. They invite people to their church on the basis of miracles. Inasmuch as it's good for us to tell people that God wants to reverse the order of wickedness and what the devil has done in their life, we should be very careful that we don't set an expectation in the heart of people or help, or make people think that the essence of the Christian life, the essence of Christianity is for miracles. Because when such people come into the church and they receive miracles, I mean, true miracles, a problem was solved. They don't have anything to, to live on. Now, I've been studying intensely on... The, um, church planting, church growth, church development, not from numbers perspective, but from discipleship making perspective. Right, I've been doing this one for about two months now. It's quite intense. right? And one of the things I figured out is that many churches don't have a, a, a robust discipleship system in place to grow people. So they're so focused on so-called, in a sense, reaching and uh, <laughs> seeking and saving the lost and they advertise miracles and stuff like that. And people come in and when the miracles have been received, there's nothing else for them to, uh, to continue a journey of working with God. So for some young ministers, probably younger than me, uh, you need to hear this clearly, clearly. Now, people are not saved to live in miracles. People are saved so that they can come into eternal work with God. The Bible tells us in the book of John 3.16, Jesus said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him will not perish, but shall have eternal life. John 17.3 says, And this is eternal life, to know, acquainted, intimate relationship, to know God the Father and Jesus Christ whom He has sent. And the Corinthians tell us that God reconciled the world back to Himself, brought the world back to Himself into a fellowship with the same, to Himself, to Himself through jesus christ and he has also given us that ministry of reconciliation that ministry of teaching people you know, preaching the gospel teaching people uh the love and the kindness of god bringing them into a place to disciple them to help them grow to mature so that they can walk with god so that they can become who god has called them to be so that you and i as ministers can fulfill ephesians 4 11, down to 14, to equip those people, to train them, to develop them so that they can do the works of the ministry. They can become who God has called them to be. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship and the work recreated in Christ Jesus unto good works, not to live in miracles. So, we don't seek and save the lost to, for them to live in miracles. Nobody, no, nobody is called to live in miracles. The miracles were only a means to one hand. God ultimately wants people to come into relationship with him, eternal relationship with him. He, wants to re-establish, he has reestablished through Jesus Christ the, the, the relationship that was lost between God and mankind when Adam sinned. And God is calling people into this relationship, into this fellowship, back with him through the Lord Christ Jesus. So miracles is not even in the grand scheme of God, of God's plan and purpose for mankind. Let's try to understand the context of miracles. Amen. So Jesus, he refused to devalue his his ministry to a miracle sideshow to prove himself. Matthew chapter 12, verse 38. uh, uh, I'll read that. Matthew 12, 38-42. I'm going to read the key, the key verses of this. No, we're going to get that right. So, but, you know. Amen. The Bible says, One day, some teachers of religious, of religious law and Pharisees came to Jesus and said, Teacher, we want you to show us a miraculous sign to prove your authority. Really? But Jesus replied, Only an evil adulterous... Gen- I didn't say it. Jesus said it. You know, some, because some people say, Pastor Tunde, you have something, you can, you can sound mean. But I didn't say this. Luke, oh, sorry, Mark, Matthew 12, 39. 39 now. Jesus replied, only an evil, adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign. But the only sign I will give them is a sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was uh, in the belly of the great fish for the, for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. The people of Nineveh will stand up against this generation and judge on judgment day and condemn it for they repented of their sins at the preaching of Jonah. Now someone greater than Jonah is here but you refuse to repent. Can you say repentance? Repentance. Uh, the queen of Sheba will also stand up against this generation on judgment day and condemn it for she came from a distance to Distant land to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Now someone greater than Solomon is here, but you refuse to listen. Mm. If you take your time to look, look at this carefully, you see that Jesus was, was, was focusing, was trying to draw the attention to the fact that people need to repent, turn from their wicked ways and come to God. People need to listen to Jesus, see him as the Messiah, as a connecting, as, as a, as a connecting conduit back to the Father amen the connecting point back to the father he said i'm the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father but by me amen Amen. so having said that i've you know miracles 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 i have kind of explained to us what the intention of i mean the plan what miracles are we meant for i mean the the place of miracles right now but we should we should be very careful and um, this is one of the things as a pastor that i must address now the question is this are all miracles of God are all miracles from god absolutely no now listen to the Jesus to what Jesus said here matthew chapter 24 verse 3 to 25 NIV. you guys can read uh, later on okay matthew 24 23 to 25 amen right i read at that time if anyone says to you look here look here is the messiah there is there sorry i'll take it again at that time if anyone says to you look here is the messiah or there he is do not believe it for false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive if possible even the elect see i have told you ahead of time some guys will come around among us to do miracles and signs to deceive. To what to deceive? <laughs> if miracles, if miracles was the end, if if all about the Christian life is about miracles, we have a problem here because Jesus himself said some people come in and do miracles to deceive. If all of, if all there is to Christianity is miracles and some people can do some false miracles, do great miracles to deceive us, there's a problem. We have a big problem. So if some people can do fake miracles, if some people can do miracles uh, to deceive, then there must be something better than miracles. And I've been showing us, you know, as I, as I started teaching this morning, that miracles were done to connect us to the Father. Miracles are a means to an end every believer should be focused on being acquainted with the father knowing the father coming into a relationship with the father not seeking miracles amen but i can i can give you a uh, a uh, a test of miracles you know i mean to determine whether the miracle is from god or not because someone may be asking you know how do we then know if a miracle was meant to deceive or a miracle is uh is from god now the, the first thing you need to bear in mind is who receives the glory who receives the glory everyone doing miracle out there to promote their ministry i say that with caution you get to apply discretion to pro to promote the man of god are dare to deceive are dare to win men to themselves so if i have a picture on on a flyer and i said prophet sunday from the seventh uh, from the seventh um i forgot how they say all these things Realm of the heavenly kingdom or the heaven, some kind of jargon that you see on, on leaflet come for your breakthrough, your deliverance. If I'm attaching those miracles to my face, to my name, run. So, one of the ways to test if a miracle is from God, or if a miracle is uh, or if a person is trying to do miracles to deceive, look at who does, I mean, who receives the glory, who is receiving the credit. And you know, unfortunately, many Christian, many Christian organizations who started well have found themselves in the mess. I mean, in a very bad place now. When, in the name of church growth or trying to get numbers, they invite people to church for the sake of miracles. And I know, I know of men of God, respected men of God, who started well, preaching the gospel, but their ministry is so focused now on the miracles, the breakthrough. Don't mention God? But if you are a good Bible student who is not covetous and who, when I say covetous, greedy. Who wants to walk with the Lord, who wants to be a good Christian, who wants to do what God wants you to do, right? You will not be at, you, will, you know, first of all you will not be attracted to those kind of ministries. One. And secondly, you can tell that these guys are not, they've deviated from God. So many ministries start well, and we are praying for ourselves not to miss the mark. Many ministries start well, but because of covetousness, greed, name, they want to buy a private jet, they want to have this, they want to have that, they want to have the biggest auditorium in the world, they begin to mess things up, preaching miracles, calling miracles. Now, miracles may happen in those churches, but if any miracle does not connect people back to God, does not show God, does not prove God's existence, does not prove the love and the kindness of God, those miracles are not, those kind of ministries are not places that you should stay. They are not good for you. Because you focus on the miracle, and if you are miracle, if you're a miracle-focused Christian, you can be easily deceived. Don't forget what Jesus said. Some, some guys will come and do perform signs and wonders to deceive you. Don't forget, signs also means miracle, right? So, if you're a miracle-focused Christian, you can be easily deceived, right? So, be, so also, I think I should call this out. So, all miracles from God will point us to God and not to a person or a ministry. Please, please bear that in mind. Who takes credit? Who takes glory when miracles happen? Amen. Good stuff. So let me quickly run through the, the downsides of um, in a, miracle, a miracle-seeking Christian life or a miracle-centered Christian life. So I said reduced opportunities to believe in the existence of God as a result of scientific advancement reduced opportunities to believe in the existence of god as a result of scientific advancement you may have noticed that more and more christians are losing faith in god losing faith in the gospel because of scientific advancement they could be easily deceived many of such christians who thought that christianity is all about christian life about miracles so when a scientific advancement brings a research of a possibility of science kind of thing then they can, they can easily, look to, they easily lose their confidence in... Okay, what's the Christian thing about? Because science has proven that. Science has proven that. Amen. Science has proven that. Science has proven that. Okay, I, examples are coming to my mind, but I don't want to cuss right up this morning, so let me keep quiet. Amen. So I talked about loss of commitment to God when miracles become infrequent. Some people's love acts wax cold. I mean, their passion, their joy in Christ are so much reduced because they can't see miracles frequently in their church anymore in their life and that's because they do not know that miracles were meant to connect people to the father and not i'm slowing down a little bit because i have to shut uh, i'm feeling my heart i have to shut down and i'll continue this next week i didn't plan to do this but i gotta do this <laughs> so uh, i try to be as honest as possible Let's so let me be transparent so guys uh, i have like two minutes two minutes to eleven I'm just going to shut down on this downsides of a miracle-seeking uh, Christian life, a miracle-based Christian life. So next week, uh, we will explore um, the two scriptures that I was going to use as examples to show us in detail why miracles are meant to prove the existence of God and what the believer should focus on. Amen. I don't want to rush it. I can do it in five minutes, but it's not going to be uh, profitable to you guys. So let's shut it down on this note. Amen. Amen. So I said, loss of commitment to God when miracles become infrequent, infrequent in, in our churches. So some people, because uh when they first gave their life to Christ or when they joined our church, there were so many miracles. Every Sunday, miracles, every Sunday, miracles. <laughs> can you feel God? <laughs> God is happening here. <laughs> it's happening there. And after a while, those miracles are not as frequent, and they think God has left this church. God is not here anymore. Or something is wrong with me. I think that church has blacksleaded. I think that pastor has, is, is up to something. No. The foundation of Christian life is no miracle. The foundation of Christianity is no miracles. The foundation of Christianity is eternal life, is having a relationship with God, being connected to the Father. Miracles were to get our attention. Miracles were to serve as an invitation to something bigger in god miracles are only invitations miracles are signs miracles are to prove something they are a means to an end they are not the end itself okay. amen mm-hmm. so i also said that um inability to build a fit life based on god's word <laughs> if a person is miracle-minded miracle-centered You know, building a life of faith, living a faith-based life would not make any sense to them. They would not see an essence for it. No, it's not needed. Because if one man of God can wave an handkerchief, and my problem can go, or if I can have a man to Jesus Christ help me in as we go on this journey, I would ensure by God's grace that in this ministry we don't give anybody an handkerchief for any reason under heaven. Amen. You know, I thank God for the testimonies we have recorded. We've recorded huge testimonies from just speaking to people over the phone. You know, I've done numerous Holy Ghost baptism over the phone. I teach the people the word of God over the phone and I, and I pray for them, and they are speaking with tongues on the other end of the phone. On the phone. You know, God has helped me in, in this ministry to a point whereby, you know, where, when some people say, you know, pastor, I must see you, you must lay hands on me. I ain't going to respond because every church member, I'm training them to be able to hold on to God's word to see results in their lives. Not by the lean hands on pastor. God did not call me to be the center of, of attraction of the Transformers Church. My assignment is very simple. And if I do it the way I should do it, I will not die young. Train the people to be able to stand on their own as Christians, have an interdependent relationship with one another in the church and with the power of God. Interdependent relationship with one another, not that they're dependent on one person or dependent on the church, but they can be a blessing to one another, work together and do what God has called them to do. My job is very simple, quite challenging, very challenging because a lot of strategic thinking I have to do a lot of observation I have to do, a lot of people, capacity development I have to do. It's quite challenging. You know, God has helped me to understand my, he's helping me to increase, is increasing my understanding of my job as a lead pastor of the church. I don't get myself into involved in some petty, petty things, right? Uh, because the church people, members, family, we do those, they will deal with themselves. They will do what God has called them to do. Amen. I ain't gonna die young. No. <laughs> Amen. Good. So, a a a miracle based or miracle centered Christian life would not be able to build a a, a, a faith life based on the word of God or a faith based life, you know, based on the word of God, because a miracle centered life is looking for somebody to do something, somebody to snap their fingers for something to happen. They are not thinking on the word of God. They are not thinking what the word of God says to them. Right, I, I'm gonna stop here. I will just finish it with this. Uh, they say so the, 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 the unreasonable focus on, of, on miracles in the Christian circles today is increasing Bible literacy People don't know the Word of God, they don't know the Bible. Imagine a, a Christian saying that their pastor said the Word of God. So, let's give an instance. For God so loved the world that He gives only begotten Son. Imagine church members saying things like, ah, My pastor said that for God so loved the world that He gives only begotten Son. Something is not right. And that's quite, it looks, sounds like a kind of trivial, but it is real. I mean, I was attending a Kenneco plants meeting uh, back in the days, and um, it was at a conference, it was many years ago. And um, some members of my church also attended, the church I was attending at that time were also at a conference. So on the Sunday... When we're back to our various churches, I was I went to the bookshop, and one of the one of the people who attended the conference was saying to another person that Kenekoplan said this, and in my mind, I said, in my mind it was like Kenekoplan did not say that the word of God says that. He said the man said the man said the man said, Bible literacy, miracles. So when people are so miracle centred, even when they go for conferences where they should be taught the word of God, what they are going to seek is science and miracles ministers please let's be very cautious of this let's be very cautious how we promote seminars and conferences and retreats let's help people to come with their with a heart prepared to receive the word of the lord so that they can grow you know paul said i commend you into the word of his to the word of his grace which is able to build you up miracles don't build people up miracles don't build a lasting a a solid Christian life. They are only a means to one hand, a means to having a relationship with the Father to grow. Amen. So, guys, please join myself and my wife on Wednesday, uh, whereby we, we pick one or two things from the feedback we get from the church family after this, uh, once we go offline. Um, and some other things that may have stood out to us, even as we watch the message again. Uh, we we want to pick, we might Pick one or two or three, or, or some questions that coming from you guys who are, you know, online viewers. We we'll put this together, and um, in half an hour session, we're just trying to like expand one or two much more because you know, when I'm speaking, I, I, I sometimes I don't finish my statement because a word of knowledge came in. Um, so many things happened when we minister on Sunday, and one of the reasons why, after preaching on Sunday service, sometimes we just feel so tired, and not because. Um, you know, you know, someone might be like, So, why are you guys tired? But what I can tell you is this once I start speaking here, I realized that I, I come back into a different room. And I was like, Where was I before? Because I was tired before I got here. I was because I've been doing a lot of study and been going to bed very late. And But the moment I opened my mouth to start speaking, a kind of supernatural strength came upon me. And I can tell you when I finished speaking, <laughs> then I'm back to reality. Amen. And this is to tell us that. When we come to church or when I'm ministering and also some other men of God, we have not come to, to, to do our own thing. So God gives us the enablement to do what we do. The way I'm speaking to you, the tone of my voice, the way I'm looking is very different from how I woke up this morning. <laughs> Amen. So we thank God for the strength is given to us and the ability is given to us. So Sunday service is not my service. It's not the church service is good service as it wants to reach people like you saw how I started off with a word of knowledge to single people that was not in anything I planned to do and even speaking to you guys I didn't go, I, I didn't go with my notes as I planned it right uh, I hope that blesses you guys so I've said that to say that you know uh, that things I may not cover and um, so uh, please share questions and send your questions um, myself and my wife may, may, deal with, uh, may be able to cover it much better on, on Wednesday Alright guys, so we gotta switch off uh, switch off now. We gotta go back to church family and have our own feedback section and um you know we are a church, we do life together, we're not just a church online as a streaming services, no, we have a community of believers. And if you think or as I speak to you, the Lord is saying to you that uh, you should join that community or you know someone who's trusting God for a community of believers to be part of, please send them our contact or pray about it. They can come online, listen for our seven, eight weeks to see the that consistency and be sure that god is calling them to be part of us and then yeah we can walk them through the next steps god bless you guys enjoy the rest of your day and have a great week